own criminal defense attorney, Neil Rockheim. This is Neil Rockheim, and welcome to another edition of Killer Cross-Examination, a podcast where we've talked about um, legal issues, criminal defense issues, criminal justice issues, issues uh, in society, political events, current events. We really run the gamut in uh, addressing different subjects. And one of the things that I want to get back to and talk about during this episode, episode nine, uh, is one of my pet peeves and um, something that I think young lawyers, really any lawyer of any age looking to improve their cross-examination skills, I would even say any person, even if you're not a lawyer attempting to learn about cross-examination, something to learn and a lesson to be learned about how to interact with other people, particularly where you're trying to gauge the other person's sincerity, their honesty, and the truthfulness of what they're saying. And so this episode, I want to talk about watching and listening to what the person who is testifying, the witness, is actually saying, what the witness is doing, how the the person conducting the direct examination, in many cases the prosecutor, or in other cases it could be, in civil cases it could be a, a, a civil lawyer, a plaintiff's or defense lawyer. What that lawyer is doing. So this episode is going to be devoted to the subject of, of watch and listen. Pick your head up away from your computer that you're typing notes into or from your legal pad where you're writing notes about what the witnesses testified to. So let me go back to one of the things that I learned at a relatively young age as a lawyer early on in my career is I sat there and I watched so many really good lawyers, um, experienced lawyers who during uh, a a cross-examination or during a direct examination of a witness, they'd be sitting there and they'd have their file open and they would take out their legal pad and they would draw a line down the middle of the page or they would have um, uh, a legal pad that had a center-ruled margin so they could write on one side and write on the other. And they would write what the witness testified to on direct examination and they would sit there with their head buried and writing down things that they already knew. And these are good lawyers. Writing down the witness's name, because that's what he or she testified to. Writing down what the witness did for a living. Police officer, for example. The number of years of experience, and the number of years on the force. And then writing down a date of the incident. Essentially being a scrivener, or being a reporter. Writing down every single thing, line by line by line by line by line. To what the witness was testifying to. And on occasion, they would go to the other side of the page and they would write some note about something that they wanted to apparently touch upon during their examination of the witness. And I looked at that and I, cases where I I watched that happen, and I looked and I thought to myself, why is this person writing all of this down? We have court proceedings are transcribed. We have a transcriptionist, we have a court reporter who's going to produce an actual uh, 
a verbatim transcript later on. You don't have to write down what the witness is testifying to or what you heard the witness testify to. You can literally order the transcript later. And then I thought, you also can have another person with you in court who's actually sitting there and just writing down what the witness said as well. So you can have somebody else writing down what the witness happened to have said or is saying. But many lawyers were just looking down at their sheet of paper. And so I encourage lawyers, all lawyers, to do something different, which is to pick your head up a few feet, a few inches, excuse me. Pick your, head, your face up, put your pen down, and watch. And sit there and watch. Don't pretend to watch. Don't pretend to listen. But watch. Watch how the witness sits down in the witness chair. How does the witness take the oath? Do they do it proudly, softly? Within the first few questions, is the witness answering the questions that the, that the prosecutor or opposing lawyer is asking? Are they asking the questions directly? Are they offering more of a narrative? Are they sort of adding on? So if the question is, is your name John Smith? And they say, yes. It's different than, is, is your name John Smith? It's actually John Allen Smith Jr. And I was named after my father and then my grandfather. Um, but my middle name is not my father's name. Are they offering more information than the, the witness or than the, the lawyer on the other side is asking? And you can start paying attention to how that witness is going to respond. Because remember, they're first going to be questioned by someone who's friendly to that witness. The lawyer that called the witness of the witness stand, the prosecutor, or the other side's lawyer. And so as you watch, you can learn so much more than just writing down what the witness is saying. You should already know what the witness is essentially going to testify to. And sure, if something comes up in the witness's testimony that you think is worth noting down, you can look down at your sheet of paper and scribble it down and circle it and make a note of it. You can even write down, make a note of it in comparison to what you believe the witness has already said and, or reference your notes Reference your outline, reference your chapters where you've, you can flip through the pages and add to one of your chapters. So if you already have a chapter devoted to a subject or a, an area of cross-examination that you intended to question the witness about and that witness testifies as something new or different, you can add that in for sure. But that's because you're already prepared. But a lot of human interaction, a lot of determining whether a person is being truthful or not, is not about what they say. It's also about their body language. It's about how they answer questions when they're put to them by someone friendly. It's their facial gestures, their tone of voice. And you can't get that by looking down. You have to look up. And I think of all the people that go through life looking at their phones and their faces down like this at their phone. And there's a lot of information in their phone, a lot of very important information. There's photographs and friends of photographs of friends and moments and 
news updates and stock tips and, and social media posts. There's all kinds of things in your, in your phone. And there certainly is a world of information on your phone, but there's also a world above your phone. And if you want to tell your children or the people that you care about when you're somewhere important or special to take their face out of their phone, then I would encourage you as a young lawyer or as a lawyer to maybe take your face out of your notepad and look up a bit. Watch how that witness responds to questions. You can sit there and and just, you don't have to stare, but be observant. Is the witness making an honest effort to answer the questions? Does the witness appear to be trying to just answer the questions in a neutral way? Or is the witness actually offering more information? Is the witness making an effort to sort of move the ball? When I mean move the ball, I want you to think about is the witness trying to be more helpful than is being asked of him or her? By the time the witness testifies on direct examination, he or she already knows what questions the prosecutor or opposing lawyer is going to ask. They already have a good idea of what the subject matter is, what the topics are. They know what's asked of them. But are they trying to like dig the knife, stick the knife in and twist it and then maneuver it? Are they trying to do more than just they're trying to do more than, than just offer an answer. When I say move the ball, I guess what I mean is, you know, think about someone who, uh, a referee in a game who you know that consistently, as opposed to just marking the ball down, using a football analogy, where the person is tackled, they actually sort of move the ball a bit forward each time, seemingly in favor of, to help one team or the other. And if the witness is doing that with a friendly interrogator or a friendly questioner, you can anticipate and you should be prepared for the fact that that's going to happen to you on cross-examination. When you step up to cross-examine the witness and be prepared for that. What's the witness's body language when he or she is testifying? What does that tell you? Are they sitting up? Are they slunched over? Are they leaning back with their arms crossed like this? Defensive, almost like impenetrable with the answers can't get to the witness. The questions can't get to the witness. So they take a long time to think. I can recall expert witnesses and even some police witnesses who every time a question was asked of him or her by the prosecutor, the question would be put to the witness. The witness would be looking right at the prosecutor like this. And then the question would finish. And the witness would then, the jury's over here, and turn to the jury and look over at the jury. And then look back. I thought to myself, this person has been trained to actually attempt to create some sort of direct face-to-face communication with the jury because the person asking the question is the, the lawyer. The pers- people that need the information, according to the prosecutor, are the, are the jurors. But it became this artificial give and take, this artificial maneuver. 
And because I was watching it the entire time, because there was never a missed opportunity by the witness to turn after the question was finished, no matter how long or how short the question was, was the light red? Yes. Could be a longer question. So based on all the facts and circumstances of the your interaction with the defendant and the traffic stop and your observations of him and your conduct of the field sobriety test and um, et cetera, et cetera, did you form an opinion? Yes. What was that opinion? I attempted to, I wanted to make sure the jury saw how artificial that was. And of course, I pointed that out later in the case, but I wanted the jury to see how artificial that was. Not a natural way to turn to a group of virtual strangers and deliver an answer to them. So when I got up there, I attempted to develop that the witness had actually been taught or educated or trained in some class or some session how to testify in front of a jury and had training experience in testifying in front of juries and attended a prosecutor or internal um, uh, seminars or workshops on testifying in court and making court appearances. And then what I did after establishing that is I, I moved myself to the opposite side of the courtroom from the jury. So the witness had to crane his turn this way to look at me and get the question. And then had to turn all the way around to answer it for the jury. And I kept doing that for quite an extended period of time because I wanted to show the jury that this was something, this was not, this was artificial, not natural. And then a couple of points when the questions with the witness got, I don't say heated, but there was more heat in the exchange. A couple of times the witness didn't do that, didn't turn to the jury. And I pointed out that on, to the jury ultimate that on direct examination, the witness had always done that because he was comfortable with the questions and answers that were being put to him. And on cross, he kept up that artificial means that sort of that that false means of connection or attempting to establish a connection until the questions got more hot or hotter and in that moment you could see how artificial it was because nothing had changed in the importance of creating a connection it was just the witness couldn't keep up with the that charade of going back and forth turning back and forth to that degree when the examination got a little toastier, a little closer to home. And so all of that comes with, one, being prepared, but two, it comes with and knowing the issues that you're going to discuss. Two, it comes with having being a bit loose so you're not totally stuck to whatever outline you have and being able to go with the flow and to modify as things develop. But it also goes to a third subject. 
It also goes to a, a third subject. And what it goes to is it goes to the subject of being, of, of listening, of being in the moment, of being, of watching the witness and listening. And that's, that's what is so important, is watching when the witness is testifying for the other side. And listening, learning, as opposed to note-taking. Remember, we're not scriveners or court reporters, we're lawyers. And our job is to listen and watch the witness and learn as much as we can about that witness before we get up to ask our questions. This is Neil Rockhine. This is another episode of Killer Cross-Examination. Watching, learning, listening, and reacting. That's what we do during a Killer Cross-Examination. Thanks for tuning in. Killer, 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 Killer Cross-Examination. A podcast by your host, the nationally renowned criminal defense attorney, Neil Rockheim.